it's uh, Tony Malik here, author of Leaky Bucket of Profits. And first of all, I'm ecstatic that you've downloaded a podcast and, and hopefully you'll download uh, the rest of the series as they come up. The podcast is you know, named after my book, Leaky Bucket of Profits, and it's going to be a series of 13 episodes, which is an episode for each chapter in the book. And, you know, I was asked by a number of people, will I have an audio book? And I just didn't feel like an audio book was the right way to go. So I thought I would create these podcasts, which allows me to be, you know, allows us to be more conversational, I guess, about it. And rather than reading it, I can provide even a little more insight, expand on, on items that are in the book, as opposed to just reading out to you. So what the, what this book is going to be covering, as I mentioned before, is uh, an episode for each chapter. And the whole, and it's, it's going to, we're going to cover all the main points in, in each chapter. What I, I'm going to suggest, if you don't have a copy of the book, is, is, is get a copy for yourself. Because I am going to be, at times, referring to various illustrations in the book. And without you seeing them, you might miss some of the points. Now, obviously, if you're listening to this in your vehicle, uh, don't look at your book. But you can always look at it when you get back to your home or office and sort of just catch up with what I was talking about. And if you don't want to buy the whole book, uh, it is the, the, the Leaky Bucket of Profits is available in ebook form. It can be downloaded from all the major platforms, and it's really priced at about a glass or about a pint of a, of a, of a nice of a good beer or, or a nice glass of wine. So you know we've made it really affordable for you to be able to do. And of course, these podcasts are free, so I just want to be able to share this information with you. So I just want, so what we're going to do is I'm going to talk today about the story of how and why I wrote Leaky Bucket of Profits, and then, and then we're also going to get into the first chapter, chapter one. The book itself uh, started without me knowing it about 2014. Uh, it, the book was published in, 20, in July 2019, so about 2014. I'd already been into a couple years as a, a certified business coach, and I had a lot of information and insight I wanted to share, uh, not just well, obviously with clients, but with with uh, you know with the business community in general. And I thought about writing articles for a business publication, so I, I approached some publications in you know uh, in my area in the Greater Vancouver area, and one of them got back to me pretty quickly, and that was the the, the Surrey Business News, which is a publication of the Surrey Board of Trade. Uh, it's a publication, uh, they, they print six times a year, it's a give or take around 30 pages, and it's a full-size newspaper, but it's about 30 pages, uh, so it's a nice size publication. I sent them an email, they got back to me, and they asked for a sample article, so I sent them something that I already had written, and they says, this looks great, you've got 500 words in the next edition. And this started a journey, about a five-year journey uh, with, this, with the Surrey Business News, where I wrote about 30 articles on a wide variety of topics, as well as I was also writing articles, uh, separate articles for, uh, in, for, in the LinkedIn Pulse, which is part of you know, LinkedIn, and they got their publication stream called Pulse. And, and a number of those articles made it in, into the mainstream and ended up being viewed by thousands of people, which was kind of neat. I had a number of people... T telling me, Tony, with all these articles that you've written, you know, you should write a book. You've already written the book. You just got to put your articles, to articles together. And I thought, well, you know, maybe one day. But, you know, I was still focusing strictly just on building my, my business coaching practice. And it wasn't until I was at a, a conference put on the, the Professional Business Coaches Alliance, the PBCA, which I'm a member of and where I got my business coaching certification from. We had a conference, I think it was in 2016, early 2016, 
And one of the coaches there, uh, a name, his name is Dave Fuller, just wrote a book himself called uh, Profit Yourself Healthy. And he gave me a copy of his book and said, Tony, you could write a book. You should write a book. And I thought, you know what, maybe one day. And I, I, left, I left that conference motivated. I went to a coffee shop the very next day when I arrived home. And, and I started a, a, a Dropbox folder and, and it called the book. And it still is in my, my, my computer and my files as, as the book in, in Dropbox. And I started putting in a collection of articles that I thought would be relevant for a book. But, but I had about 15 to 20 articles in there. And I just looked at them. I go, well, how do I pull this together? It's, a, it's a, an eclectic collection of articles. So what do I, you know, I, I, and, I, and I got stuck. And I really didn't do anything for a couple of years, which is a good thing because, I, you know, a lot of the stories that, uh, that I tell, you know, I was able to gain some, I guess, more insights over the next couple of years that, that, are, that, that are in my book. And it wasn't until the fall of 2018 that I decided I needed to work on my own, some of my own leadership skills, continue to work on them. I work with my clients on lead, their leadership all the time. But, I, you know, it's important that I keep my saw, my saw uh, sharp as well. So I joined this organization called Leader Impact, and they meet weekly, and we read books, and we discuss, you know, one chapter at a time. And it was quite helpful. And one of the things that we, an exercise we go through is, is talking about, you know, leading with purpose. You know, what is our own life purpose and how do we fit that into our leadership? And one of the things that came out after a lot of the self-discovery was I went back to that book and I said, you know what, I need to write the book. I need to write a book as part of, it's, it's just one of my life purposes I need to accomplish. So I decided to do it and it was in November of 2018 that I started writing it and then I went to a coffee shop again and I opened up a, a file called the book within my Dropbox folder and I said, wow, this is going to be a long journey. I was told to expect it to take six months and that's being focused, you know, writing almost every day, at least five days a week. And I thought, well, I, I need, what can I do to keep myself motivated? And it hit me at that moment is that, you know, I was going to dedicate the book to my parents. My parents have been, my parents are gone. And I wanted to dedicate the book to them and, and put it and write it in their honor. And with that in mind, I got to work. And it was interesting. I, my eyes opened up at six o'clock almost every day. I didn't need an alarm clock. And I spent about 90 minutes a day, five to eight days a week writing it until it was done. And I wouldn't let myself write the dedication that you'll see in the book under the acknowledgement section. I wouldn't allow myself to write that until the book was finished. So that kept me motivated. So, there, so one of the reasons that that I, the theme of the book, uh, that I wanted to write about is what what really also inspired me was, you know, by the point by the time I started writing the book, I had already met with well over hundred business owners in, in my business coaching practice, over a thousand meetings, and one of the things that became apparent is you know when I, the businesses that were struggling, they these were businesses that were reputable in the community, they did good work or made great products, but they just weren't making a lot, weren't not making a lot of money. Even if the owner might have been pulling out an okay salary, sometimes they weren't, but they were dedicated, hardworking, and they were trying to make it work. And it, it hit me about why it wasn't happening for them. And at the end of the day, what every one of them was missing was that fundamental knowledge of business that that they needed to have an effective business. They had great industry knowledge, great product knowledge, great technical knowledge, but they were missing 
business knowledge uh, uh, what, and fundamentals of what it takes to run an effective business. So my book was written and positioned uh, to fill that business knowledge gap between their industry knowledge and what they really need to know to have an effective business. And it's a very practical book. As if you've got a copy, you know it's, it's it's quite fairly short, 174 pages, but I get to the point and, I, and it's basically the, the tone is, here's what you need to know. So as we go through these 13 episodes, I'm going to be talking about here's what you really need to know to run an effective business without going to all kinds of business training. So before we get on with first chapter, dear, I just thought I'd share with you the, the, the story of the leaky bucket. How did I come up with this title? Well, there really was a leaky bucket. And while growing up in Manitoba, my brother and I would spend a, a lot of uh, summer, uh, Sundays and, and, and summers, parts of summers on our grandparents' farm, uh, about an hour north of Winnipeg in a little, really little village called Milant in Manitoba. And you can imagine as we were kids running around in the late 60s, early 70s, there wasn't a lot to do. Uh, at, at, there was no cable out there. At best, we got, you know, fuzzy TV based on, you know, how the weather was that day. So we spent a lot of time, you know, in the barnyard, running around, doing simple chores, feeding cows, or, or sorry, feeding chickens and pigs and getting the cows for milking and just, you know, climbing around the barn. And one day we saw, we found this old leaky bucket that wasn't being used anymore, an old galvanized steel bucket that was rusted out and had holes in it. And we thought, we, just for fun, we'd see if we can fill it up. So we went to the pump and, and it was all well water. So we had that, you know, they had those well water, those hand pumps. So we started, you know, pumping the hand pump as hard as we could, getting the water to come out. But as the water is going into the bucket, it was already starting to leak out through the very, you know, some of the holes in it. So we pumped as hard as we could until we were able to get the bucket full. We'd run to the pig trough, which was about 30 feet away. And whatever water was left in the bucket, we would dump it into the pig trough. And as I went through my business career, you know, that image always stuck with me. And, and, and when I was dealing with, you know, a struggling business, I always thought of that leaky bucket and how, how it felt like that business felt like a leaky bucket. Because if you think of water as money, you know, we're, we're pouring as businesses, we're pouring the money into our bucket. We're pouring that water into our bucket, but there's leaks in it. Right? Our businesses does have leaks. It has profit leaks. It has cash flow leaks. Uh, unless we plug them, we're going to end up with less money in the bank than, than we had hoped. So the book is really really addresses those leaks in the bucket. And when I started writing it, I was going to focus on the, the heart of the, the book was the magic profit formula, which really gets into how, how to plug those holes. But as I was reflecting on all the meetings I had with all those business owners, one of the themes that kept coming up was, uh, many struggle with their leadership and, and it was a le part of the leaky bucket because when we're not leading effectively you know our people aren't productive uh, they don't have the right kind of direction they're not motivated and, and, it, and it, it is a leak in the it's a major leak in the bucket so uh, there, you'll find in the book as we go through these first chapters too is I talk a lot about leadership because if we're more effective leaders if we not learn how to communicate better delegate uh, motivate attract the right people and, and, and you know the, the right people for our business and keep them and retain them and develop them if we do these things well our business will flourish and i had no doubt about this because the businesses business owners that were effective in their leadership were running pretty successful profitable businesses so the, so the evidence was all there so 
The business is split into three sections. Uh, it starts with you, which is all about leadership, the magic profit formula, which is about the, uh, you know, how to plug those holes. But the last section too is, is also called uh, manage like a CEO, which is giving again, some inside information and knowledge about, you know, how, how do the big guys do it? How do the big guys run their businesses? And, and, and giving more of a business education there and how to do that, because those are all really important to do as well. With all that in mind, we're going to start with, uh, uh, in this uh, episode, uh, we're going to start in section one, and the chapter is called, chapter one as well, it's called, it starts with, the section starts with you, the chapter is build a winning culture. It sounds mushy, but it works. As I go through this episode, and really the rest of the episodes, you're gonna, you may hear pages turning in the background. I, I literally, literally do have a copy of my book in my hand, and as I go through the chapters, I'll be, you know, sort of running down the pages and, and just talking about, you know, the the, the major uh, points that are being made in the book. So, uh, so just thought you should know that as uh, if you hear that background noise. So here we go. One of the things I talk about in the chapter right away is. Making sure that, you know, it's really clear to you that whatever the state of your business is, you've, you've allowed it to get there. So, you know, if, if it is a, a profitable, effective business that's running well, it's because you probably did a lot of the right things to get it there. But at the same time, if you have frustrations in the business, uh, if, you know, if, if cash flow isn't where it's supposed to be, uh, if sales aren't where they're supposed to be, you've got people problems, you're working 14 hour days or more, it's at the end of the day it, it's as the business owner it's you that allowed it to get there so we need to so that's the first thing to accept is that you are in control what goes on in your business and you know you're the one who's let certain things happen and certain things not happen so a lot of this book is going to be about giving you the information you need so that you can make the changes in your business that that is going to again make it the, the kind of enterprise you always envisioned so there, one of the first things I quote in, in, in the book is uh, there's a book called The E-Myth Revisited by Michael Gerber. It's a very popular book. Uh, I do highly recommend it. But there's a key quote in, in the book that he has that, that I quoted in the book as well. And it says, if you're thinking of sloppy, your business will be sloppy. If you are greedy, your employees will be greedy. So if you want your business to change, you must change first. In other words, if you want things to get better, you need change first. And that's why this whole section is called It Starts With You. A, a story that I talk, I talk about an electrical contractor. And by the way, just a little bit of a disclaimer. Uh, I never want any information to be traced back to a particular company. So there will all the situations I talk about in the book or in these podcasts are 100% are true and real. But I do change some facts so they can't get traced back. So you may find, for instance... Uh, I may say one time it was electrical contractor. Well, you know, it was another business that's similar. And the other way around, uh, sometimes I, I do state the right industry that, that the situation occurred in. So it's very random that way. So if you hear about an industry, it may or may not be that industry, but but it's it did come from an industry that's very, very similar. So I just want to put that disclaimer out there. So I do talk, I talk about electrical contractor, you know, that uh, complained a lot about, again, putting those 14 hour days, spent all his day on the phone. He was taking numerous phone calls every day, you know, dozens of phone calls every day. Couldn't get to more, the more, more the more, you know, uh, high value tasks. And, and the reason why is he created a culture where he was the hub of the wheel. He created, based on the way he was leading his people, um, he had a reputation for if there was a mistake made, 
Uh, he would fly off the handle. He would get upset. And nobody wanted that to happen. So what they were doing is instead of making their own decisions and then, you know, being, being uh, you know, raked over the coals for it, they would just call the, call the boss and say, boss, here's my situation. What do you want me to do? So if something went wrong, then they could always put it back on the boss. So, you know, that's the kind of, that's, you know, that's a culture that that person created through, through their own behaviors. On the other side, I tell a story about a, a manufacturer, uh, an owner of a manufacturing company that's involved in the construction industry, where he had a culture where he hired, he, he liked to hire sports-minded, competitive people that were always striving for excellence. And, and always wanted to move ahead and always wanted to go to, the, you know, sort of the next best thing. And he supported those people you know, a lot. But if he found that people over time were losing that edge and they were getting too comfortable, you know, if they didn't pick up their game, he, he would let them go. And I thought, where is this coming from? You know, uh, that's a, you know, that's quite a, you know, quite a, a, a very distinctive culture there. And at the end of the day, as I was listening to the talk, I realized that's the way the owner was. He was a very competitive, uh, intense person that strived for success. So what I found was the culture he created was a reflection of himself. So it kind of goes back to the original quote that your business is a reflection of you. At the end of the day, but he was taking specific actions to be sure that culture was, he was driving that culture rather than the culture taking a, a life of its own that he you know, probably wouldn't be happy with. So, so there's another example of that. One of the things to, to consider in a culture, there's something called the circle of safety. And, and, and uh, there's a book over called Eaters, uh, sorry, Leaders Eat Last by Simon Sinek. And Simon Sinek is, uh, if you haven't heard from him, uh, he's uh, very well known to become quite a, a leadership guru. But he has something called the, the, the circle of safety. And that's really about when it comes to organization, what do you do to make your people feel secure and safe in the business? And, and, and not just secure from, uh, you know, knowing that not only that you have their back, that but creating a culture where everyone's got each other's back. There's no, you know, no backstabbing or people trying to outdo each other. Everyone's trying to protect each other. And he uses a, an example from the military in the U.S. where it's really a life or death thing. You know, you know when a military person is on a mission, he or she has to know for a fact that you know their brother, his brothers and sisters, have their back, in, in, you know, and, and and that they can move forward knowing that the rear is taken care of or side to side. So the business is the same way. So <clears throat> the question would be is you know what are you doing to create a culture where people are all in it together, right? Where they're in it together and they're focusing on a single vision. One of the things that allows that to happen is the core values that you instill in your company. The core values are those statements, are those, you know, are the words that really reflect the kinds of behaviors you want in your business, that you want your people to, to uh, demonstrate in the business. And at the same time, what are those values that you absolutely will not tolerate in your business? And that goes a long way to uh, helping drive the culture of a business. So some examples of core values and, and one of the first charts I have in this book is a fig on figure 1.1 in the book itself. It's on page eight. And I, and I list a, a whole bunch of different uh, core values that I've heard business owners state that they have through my own uh, 
uh, when I do training, when I do a, a training with companies or working with clients. And these are some of the more popular ones. I'm not going to read them all out to you, but here's some of the some typical ones. You know, in integrity, honesty, generosity, community, passion, efficient, empathy, consistent, diversity, entrepreneurial, giving. You know, there's a, there's a whole bunch of others. Those are some of the more popular ones. And it comes down to, you know, what what are the core values of your company? And these have to come from your heart. These aren't words you come up with and say, you know what? This will sound good to people when I say it to them or if we put these words on a wall. It's got to come from your heart because it's because when you state those core values, what is absolutely 100% important is that you have to live those core values uh, every day. You got to walk the walk or walk the talk. Uh, it, any of your team senses that you're not living by the core values that you state that this company is built on, they will sense that and, and you will lose all credibility with your people as an owner. So, so you know, what are those core values that come right from your heart that you will stand by even in the toughest times when you have to make those tough decisions? And sometimes the easy decision isn't always the right one, but it's an easy one, is that stands by your core values. Your core values will help not only guide you, but they'll help guide your people on how they on, on what decisions or how to make the decisions they need to make and how they need to conduct themselves in the business. So it's it, it's a it's a really important part of, of building a culture. Uh, the next part of, of a culture uh, is you know that, that people take their message from is the mission statement. Yeah, your vision and mission. So the, uh, uh, let me put that. So you have a mission or vision statement, first of all. And that tends to be a very inspirational thing is, you know, at the end of the day, what is your company stand for? What, what is that impact that you want to have in, in your community, in your industry, in the world that will, that will uh, uh, you know, that, that you want your company to be known for and remembered for? And, and, and these are the things that as you try to attract good people and, and, they, and, they, and they buy into your vision, you're, you will attract people that go, yeah, I believe in that too. And they will, you will be amazed by how hard they'll work uh, to help you achieve that vision. The next part is to also have a mission statement. So the vision is that, is, is that statement about how you want to have an impact in the future. It could be five years down the road, 10 years down the road. A mission statement are, is a statement or a series of statements on how you are and, how, and, and what your company is going to do to help you achieve that vision. So I'm just going to... To show you how, how important that is, in the book, I, there's a section here called The Absolute Power of Clarity. And, and, and I tell an example about a, uh, a client that I worked with where uh, there was no clear vision or mission. Everyone just sort of showed up every day uh, and, and whatever, were at it, whatever the day brought to them is, you know, they just reacted. Well, this client created uh, created a very clear vision and mission statement that told the team, told the staff, told the employees exactly what the company wanted to accomplish in the long term. And they also came that with a strategic plan, which I'll be getting to later. But what ended up happening is everybody showed up to work every day knowing exactly what they needed to achieve. They, they started to be proactive in the things they did and didn't let didn't let the day control them they can start to control their day and 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 the results were amazing uh, the, uh, the, uh this particular company went on to a triple sales in about five years and, and profits with that as well so so it, it's you know so the power of clarity is really important for what you want your people to be working on on a daily basis 
the last part of the chapter, I have a section called uh, Cupcakes and Company Culture. And it's, it's, it's kind of an observation I made a few years ago. That, you know, there's a point, a few, at least a few years ago, where, you know, the, whole, the, the cupcakes were becoming really popular. There was cupcake franchises and everyone is buying cupcakes, you know, and, and, and instead of buying cakes. And, and when, you know, when a lot of us grew up, you know, we had birthday cakes. When there were celebrations at work, you know, we, we would have, you know, there'd be a cake to celebrate a milestone, perhaps, or somebody, you know, or, or a success in the business, or even somebody, you know, that was leaving, we'd, we'd get a cake. And all of a sudden, cupcakes started showing up. And I thought, you know, this is interesting is what's causing the shift. And, and to me, it was a sign of individualism where people weren't feeling as much part of a team where it was all about them. And, you know, we think about things that are going on in our society. You could buy a cup of coffee and have it tailored exactly to what you want. You know, two pumps of this and, and a pump of that. And you got the exact coffee you want as opposed to accepting what was being offered. So there's a lot of that individualism out there and become a very, uh, sort of a, a what about me culture that's going on, uh, going on out there. So, the, you know, cup, and we think about a cupcake, you know, everybody, you're not sharing in a cake, everyone gets their own, everyone gets the individual, you're not going to be typically sharing your cupcake with others. So I'm sort of saying, you know, sort of as an analogy is, next time you have a celebration, bring a cake in, and you know, cut up that cake and have everyone share from that same cake, because, and explain to your people why you're doing that, because as a cake, when you get a piece of a cake, you're part of a bigger whole, you know, within the company, and within the culture. When, when, when you're eating a cupcake, you're just an individual. You're not really part of anything specific. So, you know, j just a, a little bit of an analogy to, you know, to bring the point where, uh, bring home the point where people need to feel they're a part of something. Uh, when, when, when we have people that are feeling united in the cause that they're trying to accomplish, uh, then, then you end up with a very powerful organization. So that's really uh, chapter one. We're going to be getting to uh, the other chapters as well. Uh, the next one is become a dynamic leader. And, and that, a look in the mirror. So we'll be talking about uh, how to be a dynamic leader so that you can execute your vision and drive the culture that you want to drive. So looking forward to seeing you at the next episode. And again, if you don't have a book or you want to download an ebook. Uh, just go to your favorite online platforms. Leaky Bucket of Profits is listed on just about all the online platforms, including the eBooks. So just uh, go to that platform, do a search, and I can assure you that you'll find it there. Uh, if you have trouble getting it, always feel free to, to email me at uh, tony at empoweredbusiness.ca. And I'm always looking forward to your feedback, so feel free to send me a note if you have any questions any comments or uh, further discussion, any points I bring up. All right, see you on the next episode. Mm -hmm.